podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Listeners, and welcome to the Fucking Pad Podcast. Hooray! Pod 151. Wow. Sponsored by JC Innovation and Strategy, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. And also, Vector Printing. For all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. And that's Vector with a... K. K. K, correct. K, K. Well done. Um, and those voices you can hear are those of James Endicott. Hello. And Andy Street. Hi. Endicott, um, missed last week's pod. I did, the, yes. The big 150. The big 150. Yeah, with Damo. You, you who, weren't there, who, 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 sorry? Just some guy called Damon Delaney. He's, a, he's a pro rock act. You he's might have signed him. Is he the guy who always hoosed it from left to yeah. right? He's a big Eric Clapton fan. Is he? Yeah. Of course he is. <laughs> of course he's an Eric Clapton fan. Um, You're not a fan of Eric Clapton what? himself? God, you mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> God, people call Eric Clapton God. Do you not know that? What? No. Yeah, well, they do. Okay. Do you? Very good. No, I don't. Good, good guitar. Cream were a good group. Yeah. Very good group. Good, 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 who who was the drummer in Cream that was crazy? Ginger Baker. Yeah, he was crazy, wasn't he? They like to call him Viking Gold Baker these days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, we'll start with a poor joke. That's good. We'll get, as we mean to go on. Anyway, um, let's, uh, let's. It's very good to be back, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's what I meant to be back. Yeah, good to be back. Good. Yeah, I'm really sorry I missed last week, but work, it's okay. work um, came in. But work happened. I realised that um, you had a good substitute uh, in Damien <laughs> We did, yeah, we did. Me. We did. And thank you, uh, uh, first of all, to all the kind comments from a lot of our listeners who, who enjoyed that pod and uh, have let us know. That they enjoyed it, so we. I really enjoyed that. the levels were a bit off. In bits. <laughs> the levels were a bit off, but apart from that, I thought it was very incisive. So very you, good. You didn't need to lean into the microphone very loudly to, well, to do well, that. Didn't I? No, you didn't. Okay, I won't. I won't. Okay, good. Um, right, let's talk then about. Well, we've, there's been two games since Palace played. Uh, sorry, since we had the proper demo, we played Charlton. Uh, at home in a cup, yeah, and Watford away in the Premier League, and we won both games. Worry, so, it's, it's not so bad, is it? Two wins. Shall we start with the Charlton game? Um, I, I mean, I personally don't really care that much about Charlton, but um, and I didn't go to the game either. Um, but really um, good, great. Just that sort of level of professionalism that's endeared people to the <laughs> FYP podcast. That and the impeccable sound engineering from you. Yeah, um, you guys went to the, the Charlton game. Um, yes, yeah, because we're proper fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fans yeah. and we paid our twenty pound. Yeah, good to go. I pay. I pay my money to go and watch watch Palace. I don't think, you know what I just like to say thank you to the club for making it cheap for kids as well because two of my children went for a fiver well there you go so that's good and it was uh, it was packed in the Holmesdale well that's how it should be yeah it? it was great so thank you to the club for making it cheap I don't think I've seen as one sided a match at Southampton in a long time it was embarrassingly really? dominant from Palace um, got to half time I don't think Charlton had touched the ball when Palace was sort of creating chances at will and uh, it did show the sort of golf in class between both the clubs and also the two oh, divisions. Mind the gap, as we can't mind the gap. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, for all their huff and puff, they, they really should have come along and tried to play like a Pulis team, I thought, just sat, sat back and tried to stay mm. compact and deep. Which is but, what Shrewsbury did in the, early on in the first yeah. in well, the first game. And did a, did a great job by, by doing so, and obviously yeah. took us nearly all the way to, to penalty, took us into extra time, time and yeah. um, then just tied towards the end. But Charlton seemed to try and get up in our faces a little bit in the first sort of 15 minutes, and we were just picking them off at will because of it. Mm. Um, it was just fantastic to get to... It must have been about what twenty minutes from the end, and they go, uh, "Yeah, I know that we've already won this, but let's just really rub it in by bringing on Johan Kabai." <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that moment. That's I enjoyed nice. it a lot. I mean, it was great. It was and it was great to see four goals, but you know, it was one of those where it should have been. It should have been seven or eight, really. Right. I mean, there's a lot of chances missed, but you know, it it was good for confidence. It was great to beat a team locally. As well, yeah. You know, um, there was a bit of hoo ha in the crowd. I don't know, and there's a bit of hoo ha afterwards as well, mm. which I didn't really like. But apart from that, it was a great game. It was a, it was a nice evening out. Shame, shame about the draw getting Man City away, but I'm sure or, we can do it. Or, or could that be? A, is that a good draw for Palace? And they we, get the, I believe they got the Champions League game just before that or just after so like okay. that's it's in a run of fairly you know congested fixtures. So and they're not. This is this Man City team is is is. Um, I was going to say take honourable. That's not a word, but um, you know, Spurs beat them at the weekend, like and we, we ran them quite close. Yeah, so no, we did, it's, yeah. it's not a foregone conclusion. You can add good grammar to the sound engineering <laughs> and uh, loyalty to Palace. Skills. Well, or just make up words. But, yeah. but just going back to the Charm game, it was good that you know we we did rest a few players, mm-hmm. and the team 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 looked great. I mean, they looked like they that they do play with each other on a regular basis, though they don't. You know, it was Dwight Gale Patrick. Yeah, well, there were two penalties, yeah. I mean, I'd rather have got a hat-trick against Watford, which he should have done, but um, we'll we'll come come on to that later. But, yeah, I mean, it was great to see him. Didn't seem to celebrate as much as I thought he would do. Um, Maybe because it was the only against Charlton. Yeah, it was on against Charlton. But no, it was really great to see Dwight score. I thought know. MacArthur was excellent in that game. He mm. seemed to run the midfield with, again, embarrassing ease and um, just was all over the place, picking out passes, making challenges when he had to. I think um, Charlton had the ball twice, maybe, in the entire match, so he had to get it back <laughs> from them there. Okay. And uh, yeah, just showing that, you know, very, very much the sort of Shall we end every inch t- of the Premier League midfielder. Mm. End has touched on it. Shall we talk about the post match? Stuff that happened because it was an issue, wasn't it? With well, this? I've got no idea still why they didn't just keep the Charlton fans in for fifteen minutes. Absolutely it just no seemed like absolutely ridiculous. I don't know whether that was at the club's behest because they didn't want the stadium smashed up, and you can sort of understand it to a certain extent, but mm. make sure there is adequate stewarding to stop people from doing so. If that was the the worry, but yeah, I believe they sort of ferried people around and forgot that not every road in South London is an avenue that doesn't connect with somewhere else and some of them are actually arranged on like a gridiron type pattern mm-hmm. so you can block a corner but people might go around the other two corners and then come and find each other so apparently that happened and um, the Met in their usual inimitable style managed to mess things up mm. especially as there was a big police presence wasn't there before there was the game we were told police, to make presence and then it still didn't really I was quite shocked at the police presence before the game I mean I know it was a, a local derby for a once for a better phrase you know, but the the police presence was quite heavy-handed before the game, um, and then there seems a bit of a little bit of a few skirmishes during the game as well. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Palace fans were goading the Charlton fans, you know, but there seems to be a few fights going on, and the stewards are getting involved. But but at the end, I mean, it was, I mean, I'll say again, why they didn't just keep them in for ten minutes? Hmm. Ten minutes—that's all it would have taken—and just get the police to get the Palace fans on the way home, and then. Get the Charlton fans off. It's just—it was stupid. I mean, absolutely stupid. The ridiculous thing as well is apparently they'd, they'd had a meeting prior to the match with the Football Supporters Federation and a representative of the club, someone from the trust, and a few others. 
And if that's their pre-planned uh, method of policing, what the hell is it like when they don't bother to plan? Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievably chaotic yeah. at the top of the Frustrating for fans, though, isn't it? For the 99% of normal fans who want to go and get home that time of night, haven't got a problem with, you know, Charlton. Most fans don't even care about Charlton. So frustrating that, that, that then there'll be some people, and some people were hit with stuff, I think, balls yeah. and stuff, that will take that away from the game and not the fact that Palace have won. Well, yeah, and kudos to those who managed to throw bottles at like families who support the same clubs I mean, I believe it was only Charlton fans but it, it takes a special type of sexual frustration and annoyance at one's life to do that so well done you guys well done frustrating though what I mean what can fans do really apart from possibly write to the Football Sports Federation we're always quite good at supporting fans aren't they but is there anything fans can do really it's or not it's not really a great deal I suppose apart from um, you know trying to make sure that you make adequate plans to, to get away from where you know the flashpoints will be if it's a game itself it's like you always know it's going to be at the top of the home style that stuff's going to be you know, going on or that there's going to be shouldn't a heavy, be, heavy should be. I mean, with well, no, no, these it, days it sh- there shouldn't be, but there's always going to be someone who wants to, you know, do silly stuff like that. And I, I guess that's the only real hmm. way that you can deal with it. I mean, I, I don't agree with some of the sort of heavy-handed policing you see at some matches, um, but it doesn't really help when you got people throwing bottles. I guess the it? only silver lining is that um, all Palace's rivals are so bad these days. We rarely play them, yeah. so <laughs> we should be all right rest <laughs> of the season. Really, barring right. an FA Cup draw, I don't see us playing Charlton again anytime okay. soon. Um, well, let, let's moving on to another. They're not really a London rival, but technically they are in London. Um, Watford. Uh, Palace 1-1-0 well, They're not technically in London at all They're, they're not, not They're, they're, not, oh, in not, they're London. not London They're in They are maybe on the end of the Metropolitan line But that doesn't mean they're in London Oh okay So it's not Oh so it's not, they're not a London team Although they're, they're trying not. to play on that The Pozzos who own them And also Granada and Udinese I forget which one's which Because they're all a little bit interchangeable But they're quite keen to play upon The Watford being a London club thing Despite them not being a London club And doesn't Isn't there The rugby team that shares the ground Or used to Was London Saracens Harlequ- Saracens yeah. London Saracens yeah. <laughs> Whatever they were um, that's not a London don't try to say you don't know anything about rugby I don't know anything about rugby I don't even really understand most of the rules to be honest So, well welcome to our rugby world cup special <laughs> <laughs> um, ok so Palace won 1-0 um, yeah. not not probably not the, the best performances from Palace but no. proof that this team can sort of grind out a result when it's not really going yeah. their way I mean as you say it wasn't pretty to watch I think a few of the players played under par but I think there were some great performances there which we'll get on to Hangland especially I thought was immense and I'll take back everything I said from him <laughs> to my family and friends over the last few months because I thought he was uh, he was brilliant wasn't he, was, he yeah he was great yeah he was great and I, I, I like his facial hair as well did not, um, know, did not notice that Has he got you? New? well I've got high definition TV so I, I wasn't at the game I wasn't either oh well you, you can join the JD club <laughs> Anyone here with a hundred percent record of going to matches recently is old okay. Andy Street over here. Tr- I mean, uh, it, oh, it were you the Man City game? Let's not dwell on that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Shut up. Then? I was okay. visiting my spiritual home of olives, Kalamata. <laughs> okay. Um, why didn't Palace play very well then? What? What? Well, I think what was a combination of factors. I think that it's that basically Watford seemed to take a very compact approach to playing football and they're quite cynical actually they, they did you know they, it was a match in which there were 39 fouls I've written some stats down today I can see, I can see we've, we've not got Kevin <laughs> here to come up with unsubstantiated facts so <laughs> I would put in some actual facts okay good yeah 39 fouls in that That's match lot, which yeah. is you know do you know yeah. the breakdown of those fouls uh, yes, team by but, team but I'm, I'm, it's about half and half wasn't uh, it we had two more than them oh really really yeah. okay yeah I, I it, it, it was it did have a bit of a needle about the game it did, didn't it, it? it yeah. was particularly towards the end as well I thought yeah. they were becoming increasingly cynical and there was some you know obvious yellow cards I think end up mm. uh, 
four yellow cards each. No, I'm just now turning into. Well, no, the, actually, stats, the, yellow card, the yellow card was an interesting one because there wasn't the ref seemed to let things go early on, and then it did in the second half. They, they, they all came out. Dead, well, they? it just got to the point where he couldn't let it go any further. <laughs> exactly, he just, yeah. he, you know, he's like, oh, let I'm it go, let it go. To. I'm, I'm going you know, to have to. And he was like, I was watching it on TV, and even the people on TV who were slightly biased towards Watford were saying he's got to pull out a yellow card. So yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. You yeah. know, it was ridiculous. As, well, a lot of them were very cynical as well, which I didn't like. Well, I thought they targeted Kabai early on. There was sort of three or four in a row on him albeit by different players but he, he seemed to be a little bit within his shell at times yesterday and there were a couple of little slightly petulant actions as well where he sort of scraped his studs past someone yeah. as, as they were lying on I the I think ground, it was very good management by Pardew to take him off mm. at that point because I think he was just teetering on the level of just like he could have he seems to get um, you can rile him a bit can't he he seems to have a bit of an edge definitely cream. got a fire in his eye hasn't he mm. Kabai he's definitely got a, he's definitely got a dark side to him yeah, which yeah. I like I, I like, like it I'm too not, you know, I, like, I think, I think at, at this level being that, that quality football and having a bit of a dark side all the greats have got a dark side to them yeah, you know? agreed yeah agreed and also what I like about Kabai is the fact that he will we're seeing each week this other side of his game that, that no one really talked about when he joined no. that actually he can play defensively and, and, and dig in and work hard and he'll, he'll take late on it wasn't the, the foot scratching one foot scratching um, but he gave away a yellow card on the halfway line yeah. a sort of cynical foul but you think well that's, you've got to do that sometimes yeah. and he'll do that for the team so there, there is that side of his game alongside the you know the ball the ball passing skill stuff I thought um, Wilf played amazing when he came on for the last 30-35 minutes I thought he sort of ch- changed the game mm-hmm. um, I thought it was really exciting and, and again good management good management by Pardew yeah. a week or so saying he wasn't playing right his mind's not on it he needs a bit of a break da, da, da. and obviously Will says sat on the sidelines going right I'm going to prove it to you mm. and he came out and he did and well I that's the way to do that is that's that the way, the way to get it. the best out of Zaha is to keep, keep so. giving him those targets I guess I think so yeah the thing that impressed me most about Will yesterday wasn't obviously just the fact that he, he won the penalty we know that, that he's got that in his locker it was also the defensive discipline that he showed Like there were three or four occasions where we lost the ball and Obviously, they were going to be pressing in the latter stages, albeit that they didn't really offer a huge amount all afternoon, no, which I think was one of the things that contributed to a fairly poor match mm-hmm. overall, their lack of impetus in the final third at times. But there are a few opportunities late on where they, they were sort of bursting down the flank that he was on, and he was making sure that he was getting back with the men, sort of doubling up where he needed to, put, put in a couple of really good challenges, actually, as mm-hmm. well. And that's not always a side that we've always associated with Will Saha. So, um, Maybe he's growing up. He, he is. Well, I was, I was actually just, growing up. I was actually just about to say it, it was a very mature performance when mm. he came on. You know, he wasn't putting the ball at risk when he didn't need to, but equally he was drawing the fullback Nyom, who came from Nyom. Granada. Fantastic name. Great name. Um, he, he was a very physical fullback and has actually done really quite well for Watford since he signed. And he managed to commit in sort of two or three times and then obviously committing for the penalty as well. It was, the, oh, it was definitely a penalty, wasn't it? Yes, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. well, it was a foul. foul and it was in the yeah, area. Exactly, yeah. yeah, so that usually means it's a penalty. Yeah. Straight. I don't know, maybe. Well, I, I don't know. Unlike you two, I was actually at the match, so I didn't have the benefit <laughs> of five HD replays. I know, I thought it was about seven. Three hours of uh, analysis and loads of analysis. Really nice. And I had an ice cream tea watching <laughs> Me well. too. Me nice <laughs> sandwich at half time that my wife made for me. Lovely. Very good. Really um, lovely. Um, there, was quite a, there was a few changes to the game. Mm-hmm. We had a change in goal, which was kind of unforeseen. I, I mean, we said McCarthy in previous weeks we made mistakes and stuff, but did we think he'd be. I was very surprised. I was surprised. I was surprised because I mean, everyone always talks about the fact that you know, obviously, it can hit a goalkeeper's confidence quite heavily if they're dropped after games in which they've made mistakes and 
you know, um, I think by most people's admission, apparently even his own, he did make a bit of a mistake with that Spurs goal. But equally, I, I thought Hennessy, we've not really spoke, spoke about it, but I thought he'd made the mistake for the Charlton goal for the header, yep. came straight at him and um, fumbled it. Obviously, it's kind of one of those things, there seems to be a fairly uh, biased set of analyses on goalkeepers for Palace fans at the moment. That people seem to have their favourites and then because of that, construct the arguments based upon who they want to be picked in the team rather than based on the match that's actually happened in front of them and there were people who'd criticised McCarthy for that goal that he conceded at Spurs who by the same token should have criticised Hennessy for the goal he conceded against Charlton but didn't Mm -hmm. and on that basis I was quite surprised given that obviously Julian's not fit yet but given that Hennessy had made one mistake in in that match against Charlton and it had been a a League Cup match for him to then retain the spot for the Watford game Um, I wasn't entirely taken by him in the Watford game I thought there were sort of two or three uh, instances where his handling wasn't great uh, there, was that re- there was that moment in the second half towards the end of the second half yeah. where, where he, he was supposed to get, catch the ball it bounced off him almost I can't uh, quite remember well he sort happened. of went to get it and all the defenders turned away like oh he's got this and then suddenly it was out of his he hands again <laughs> and like and he sort and of like, spilled it and that was the moment when they were really pressing to yeah. get but thankfully to get their players had also turned away thinking yeah, oh yeah. Cooper's got this yeah. if any of them gambled on it mm. that could have been well that's the, that's the thing right we, we had it obviously against Man City and their you know, top class side who are going to gamble on mm. a, a goalkeeper making a mistake particularly one who's not playing for a top four side or a top six side but not, not a top four side they'll, they'll make the gamble that the, the goalkeeper might make the mistake but no one seemed to do that from the Watford side equally there was uh, the cross that was hoisted into the box late in the second half as well that he seemed to just drop at mm. someone's feet yeah. in front of him I was quite a long way away yeah, it certainly wasn't a poor performance though was it, it was, uh, I wouldn't say it was a fantastic performance I thought there, there were a couple of instances on the free kicks as well where he seemed to get caught in his heels and his footwork wasn't quite there for me and I know that's a tiny bit of yeah. micro-analysis that I've criticised in previous weeks but there, there was two instances the first one in the first half where it clips the top of the wall I don't think he's getting across to it there yeah. and the one where Gerardo who's a horrible oh. petulant little shit great free kick but Hennessy's not getting anywhere no. near it I, I mean arguably I mean, no keeper's getting near that really are they like it was well if anyone should be getting close to it it's a goalkeeper who's 6 foot 5 I mean everyone's been going on about the fact Hennessy should be yeah. picked because he's marginally taller than McCarthy so if you're going to pick him on that basis then he should really be making sure that his footwork is a little bit better with free kicks McCarthy's been unlucky no not unlucky he's made mistakes but all his mistakes he's made have been punished yeah. like he hasn't made that many but no, he's made a yeah. couple in, in high profile games being punished whereas Hennessy made a few on Sunday and they didn't possibly because it was against Watford and not against Manchester or Spurs I think so. the thing is like they're both pretty decent goalkeepers I don't actually think there's a lot in it to be honest between the two of them and I or, think ju- or duels I mean we've got well, this is the reason I, you, you need as a goalkeeper you need as with any position in any football team you need confidence but I think the, the goalkeeper you, you definitely need it and you need to be able to marshal you, those four guys in front of you hmm. and you need to have that sort of be very very verbal with them and I didn't really see Hennessy doing a lot of that no. So well, there, there, there are a couple of instances of indecision as well where he's not really come to claim it which would be again one of the things you'd expect him to do most mm. and there are a couple of moments where he didn't seem to be as, as Ender says communicating with his back four all that well and then come in and being the sort of assertive goalkeeper that you'd expect which notwithstanding the fact that um, oh, people criticise me for saying that on the pod but screw you I don't care <laughs> uh, notwithstanding the fact that you know McCarthy's made a few mistakes so far his handling in the box and from high balls has been pretty damn good actually yeah. and he is and good he, d- he does clearly have a connection with his back four but bear in mind Hennessy hasn't played with that back know, four exactly, yet yeah. you know and he comes in now and then cup games so surely it's harder to get a connection or relationship with your defenders yeah that's fair but I, and I you know I wouldn't 
want to see Hennessy dropped on the basis of a couple of minor mistakes which yeah. I'm picking up on a little bit just yeah. to sort of even things up after people have been doing the same for some of McCarthy's mistakes but no you, you'd expect him to retain the jersey for next week yeah, I mean you can understand squad rotation in the Premier League but when it comes to goalkeepers you like to keep it the same mm. one don't you I think it's you know. Now when was the last time that Palace had three good decent goalkeepers to choose from well, I mean normally, um, normally yesterday but when Sproni's back that's three yeah, very no, good yeah, goalkeepers yeah. that you'd, you'd sort of be alright with any of them in goal really I mean I, I personally would rather have M- M- McCarthy but it's normally a, we've got one we've got Kalinko and then you know Matt Gregor's back up so um, you know it's, it's a decent no, decent it's option it's well it's, it, as again we talk about on a regular basis strength and depth Exactly. We've got exactly. a squad. We've got a squad Speaking of which, Joe Ledley, yeah. obviously, who came in. played very well, I thought. Um, so we had it a few weeks ago, didn't we, where I was criticising us not playing a holding midfielder. And you mm. would expect, after we kept a clean sheet yesterday and won, with Ledley playing pretty well, that I would go, oh, look, I was right. I'm not that facetious. I actually mm. thought it was a bit harsh on MacArthur. Apparently, he was injured. I didn't think it was very harsh on McCarthy. I was surprised because I, I would yeah. always choose McCarthy. Yeah, I, I think we all would, wouldn't we? And yeah, it looks yeah. like that's what Pardew wants to play yeah. this season, but apparently he picked up an injury in training. Um, but then came on yeah, for the last 20 minutes or so, didn't he? 15 he did. minutes? So, yeah. so clearly it wasn't that, that bad. Injured. But um, again, it goes back to your point, and just that we have the options off the bench, mm. people to do that, like Ledley and, and Jedi. And I thought we looked less creative, though, with, with him not being there. I mean, obviously, we've kept the clean sheet and, and Ledley put in a very good defensive performance, but I thought arguably we looked less mobile in midfield and we, we did create, I think, fewer chances than we have done in previous weeks. Um, got well, a, have you got the chance stats there? So by any chance? I, I have got a good, good, good stat here, actually. <laughs> okay. Before you do this, I'll go on then, do the stat. Then Abdi I'll... of Watford created as many chances as Kabai, Punchin, Sacco, and Balassi put together. Okay, there you go. Wow, sign him. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Problem so sorted. Maybe we should buy him. him. Him in the midfield, <laughs> and then we're done. No, so I, I, why, I just, did, why did our midfield not create as many chances? I just think it, it was it was just one of those games where the, the opposition don't really come there to. They've not conceded the goal so far at home this season, but equally they've they've not don't really played in such a way as to mm-hmm. have any goals scored themselves. So I think they've all, they'd only scored they've, they've only scored one and. And conceded not, so it's not yeah. like you're expecting a, a couple of nil-nil yeah. draws, isn't they? So they're very tight in the middle. Which maybe just goes to show that Pardew picked the right team and putting you know a fairly physical guy like Ledley in there rather than risking mm-hmm. McCarthy. Obviously, he came on late and was fit enough to be on the pitch at some point. Mm. But obviously, it's something that you know Pardew probably got right there. Well, the way Watford play though, doesn't it? It kind of reminds you of, of Palace back under Pulis, isn't it? Yeah. Like a team who are they got one ambition this season: stay up. Yeah. So they're being solid, they're being compact, and and it's. It's actually working for them and so far. They'll uh, do all right, and I don't think they'll go down. I don't think they'll go down. I, I start the season, I thought they would, but to be honest, there's a lot from of worse watching teams. Sunday, there are worse teams, and there's, there's teams that play way more open than they do. I mean, I, I, well, they out, they, they passed more than we did. They passed more in the attacking final third than we did. It just looks like they're, they're lacking a, a goal scorer at the moment. Mm, which is weird, well, it's weird though because they had two guys last season who scored over twenty goals. Yeah. Dini did, did Degallo? Yeah. I think so. Um, we speaking just, of, we just we looked how that just that extra bit of quality, you know. It was we, I wouldn't say we're that much better than, but we just that little bit where we had that <laughs> bit of quality. Hmm. We got that quality which we which we've been building up over the last two or three seasons. It's yeah. now it's games like the Watford game where it shows how far we've progressed mm. in the Premier League. A bit more experience, we yeah, a bit more experience. It's experience, as, as knowing much as the quality, the, yeah. the nuances and stuff yeah. of the game. Uh, but speaking of goals, though. Dwight Gale started up front, yeah. which a lot of us have been calling for for, for some time. Scored a hat trick against Charlton mm-hmm. in in the cup. Um, what did you make of his performance? Because it, it didn't quite work for him, did it? Although going back to Treat's point, 
not many chances created so maybe it wasn't the quite right game for him like what did you make of it? Well he still had enough put on like albeit that it was a, a low chance game and you know I love my little statistical models and there was one that I, that I look at that said that both teams if you're putting it on the right basis were, were sort of averaging at a level that was under a goal each so it, it wasn't a particularly mm. high chance creating game but still even in spite of that Dwight did have two or three really good opportunities particularly the one that he dinked over um, Gomez that came back Hit off the, the post which yeah. you kind of wonder if he should have maybe done better there the, one Re- like, the replay suggested that the defender got the smallest of touches touch, onto yeah. it onto his foot so if that's the case Perhaps a bit unlucky. Oh, but well, funnily enough, I didn't, I didn't spot that having been at the match. <laughs> well, you could have watched the highlights. You could have watched the highlights of match of the day too. Um, <laughs> but do you um, have a TV? No. Oh, well. he, he got in the right. It was a lovely ball in from Sacco, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But um, got in the right position for it. Gale gets in the right positions for these for these chances, but isn't quite finishing the sort of half chances that, that maybe when he was getting runs in the game. Well, let's in the be honest, team, he there's was only before. a handful of. There's only a handful of strikers in the Premier League that are that amazing that are going to get every half chance. You know, mm. it's, it's you know, you, you these are the strikers you're talking that cost you 35, 40 million quid yeah. that will take those half chances that, 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 that Gale didn't get. The fact is, he's in there and he's getting those chances. He's getting them and he was causing a few problems. He was causing do you think? Problems. Do you think he's for the way we play? Is the right? I thought he looked a little bit it? isolated at times yesterday, particularly in the first half. Mm. Like, got to about 40 minutes, and then some of his link-up play at times is okay. It's just. So you sometimes wonder about his ability to read the game around him and to drop into the right spaces to receive the ball or to sort of spot where the play is going and to see where you know the pass is going to be laid off to. Well, I think when the ball does come into him, he's not a massive slouch with it, but he does just end up looking a little bit marginalised in games at times. And I thought he did at times yesterday. It was better late on when we were starting to break a bit more and he created that chance himself on his left foot that he ever so slightly dragged mm. wide, but had, had, you know started to come back into the game a little bit more at that stage. Obviously, at the moment, we've not really got any better options. You know, uh, Wickham's out. Murray is in Bournemouth. Uh, <laughs> Bam- Bamford is probably doing his hair or something. And <laughs> yeah, you know, Bamford. Shamak is doing his hair or something. Yeah. And um, Gale is one of the few options we've got left there at the moment. It is I- a bit ironic that, that Murray's gone, isn't it? And then well, instantly, literally the week later, we need a big man up top. Like that's frustrating. Well, it's, it's ironic not that Alanis Morissette way. It's not necessarily a big man. You just need somebody up there who's got the experience <laughs> and the. Which we which had in which, Murray. Which we had with Murray, yeah. We had with Murray. But hey, you know, let's not let's not dwell on Murray. He's gone. He's gone to the old old person. And he's not even playing, although he, he might now that Callum Wilson is injured. I but think he came on as a sub. Well he's come on as a sub in the last three games right, for Bournemouth, yeah. So, so he hasn't he's playing then. Yeah, but he hasn't started them right. and that's why he left Palace. Anyway, that's not that's for can that, we, can, that's what can Bournemouth I, podcast. Can I just um can we talk about the um two centre backs? Yeah. Oh, yes. Because yes. I think it's very interesting the fact that you know it's obvious. It's we've always gone Dan Delaney, Dan Delaney, Dan Delaney, and then in comes Anglem, played a blinder. I mean, man of the played match. a blinder, man of the match without a doubt. Well, yeah. not without, but he no, was I think he was. I genuinely by some way. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, it's a great situation to be in. But um, again, you know, as with the keeper and your centre backs, it's about having that spine, isn't it? To keeping that spine <coughs> solid all the way through, and we can chop and change on the flanks and. Around that, but mm. your spine's got to be solid. And for me, those the, your two centre backs are so integral to the team. And um, is it okay that I mean I'm throwing this open because mm. I'm comparing the pod? Um, do right. we, you know? No, but I'm just saying, do we do we go back to Dan and Delaney or do we keep Hangland in? I don't know. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I, well, I think neither 
Delaney nor Hangalander getting any younger so at one point or another one or you know both of them might end up getting injured and I think <laughs> it's great to have the sort of cover where Hangalander's that sort of player who I don't think he'll let you down very much and every time he's come in for Palace other than he had a sort of slightly shaky start for Palace but mm. um, every time I think over the last 12 months or so that he's come into the side and someone will now write in and say he only signed 11 months ago and then I look like a fool <laughs> so why have you not got to read on his stats I, well I, I, I didn't think to look at his transfer history next time I'll, I'll bring a slightly more compendious yeah. uh, Please do. sheet of paper but every time he's come in for Palace after mm. having bedded in he, he's not let the team down and again yesterday he just looked absolute, absolutely sorry but again it was, an ex- it was an experienced performance from him at the back wasn't it knowing exactly and to deal also with his frustration at not getting that header which was, was a great save that was, was an amazing save save his frustration even at the end of the game when he was being interviewed which we saw because we were watching on TV street um, he got interviewed and he was still going on about it yeah. so angry that he hadn't scored it was a brilliant and, I, and that's I like that level of commitment I mean I know you're going to get that from a, a footballer but you know just to see that hmm. you could feel as though he's he, f- he felt good about his game you could f- sense it he sort of grew in the game he's like yeah I'm having a good game here and I'm hmm. just proving well it was few, it was superb a few doubters you know me included yeah, I mean, he also seems quite happy to play that the sporting role, as in, like yeah. you say, coming in, doing a job rather well, than, absolutely. I don't know, wanting to play each week, but then he's getting on a bit, so maybe that's not his role. I was um, a bit worried about Kelly. I thought he was quite exposed at times and was being sort of turned inside out by Anya, yeah. who was uh, the Watford left-back, I believe. It was um, a bit. And it did kind of raise question marks about whether or not he was getting enough cover or whether he's able to deal with particularly tricky wingers and whether he's got the sort of mobility I like I, I don't always rate Joel Ward quite as highly as some Palace fans do but the one thing you can say is that Ward's probably got more mm. ability to recover once he's been beaten than, than Kelly perhaps has yeah. I think he's Kelly got a bit more acceleration centre back right. playing at right back yeah maybe. I think so we've sort of said that he, we'd we've like said to see him we've said that a few him. times well I haven't said that the way Hangland's playing he won't get a chance at yeah. centre back will he no um Okay, good. Um, that, that's that kind of wraps up the Warper performance, doesn't it? Really, yeah. it was, but you uh, know, it was we got three points. Not a very pretty game. There's a few great performances, and they're the sort of games that that a year or two ago we wouldn't have we wouldn't have got a point out. Well, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, does it? Like no, as long as you get the, get the result, that's that's. that's I, mean, I thought it, I thought it had nil nil written all over it from before the match and then during the match. So obviously to then sneak something, mm. you know, is absolutely fantastic. And it was a good penalty good. from Kabai, wasn't it? Well, yes. well dispatched, and and a lot of similarities echoes, to, to echoes KP's of, penalty. Yeah, uh, yeah. The last time we played Watford, when was that? Uh, Twenty thirteen. And we were all there together, weren't we? Do you remember? Yeah. What a Vicarage Road. You don't know damn well when you it was. Know Andy where Street. it was Andy um, Street. It well, was, was Wembley. Similarities <laughs> between that one. Uh, of course, KP was in the the TV. He was in the thing, TV, wasn't he? Yeah. We were yeah. watching on TV. Yeah. Um, and um, and even the penalty that Wilf won. Was, was same, very, similar very similar to yeah. the one he won uh, from Cassetti in the, in, the, in the championship final. Had you been there, you might have heard them, them chanting. It's, it's just like Wembley again. But I know we could hear yeah. it on the TV. Yeah. Probably yeah. listening to you know Brazilian jazz at the time. Oh, well, sipping a mm, pina colada. Uh, actually, it uh, wasn't Brazilian. It was uh, Colombian. Okay, jazz. I bought that one. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I actually, it's just come out. <laughs> is, is that your euphemism for it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Uh, let's wrap up <laughs> the pod. Uh, not the pod. Part one. There in part two, we got questions uh, from our lovely listeners. So uh, join us in a bit. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod one fifty one. Wow. Sponsored by JC Innovation and Strategy, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. Do you want to do the, the thing straight? What thing? 
the thing we were doing for JCIS before. Oh, Go on. more popular with Kevin Day than James Corden. Oh, <laughs> very good. Okay, Thanks, guys. Thanks. say Thanks. no more. And um, <laughs> we're also. I'm not, I'm not implying that Kev's having an affair with, with James Corden. <laughs> That's not what I was That wasn't what I was saying there. Me neither. No, well, me no, neither. I, I thought that was what. That, that, ooh, no, it wasn't. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, we're also sponsored, of course, by Vector Printing. For all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. And that's Vector with her. K. 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 Good. Okay, so... That's a crescendo of emotion. You start off really nonchalant and then get really excited. Crescendo with a K. Yeah, crescendo with a K. Good, okay. Um, Questions then from our our listeners. The first question is from Tank Matt. Oh, hi, Tank. Hi, Tank. He says, uh, do you think Gail will be Pardew's first choice striker? Has he got anyone else at the moment? We touched (laughs) on this in the first part, didn't we? Probably not, actually. I don't know, but who is? We haven't got anybody else at the moment, have we? Well, not until you get Wickham back, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just coming on to that point, he said um, after the match, didn't he, Pardew, that having Wickham and, and uh, Schumach out is the equivalent of Liverpool having Benteke mm. and Sturridge injured, mm. which obviously shows that the sort of high regard that he holds Wickham and Schumach in, firstly, mm. but also really sort of solidified that perception that those two very much would be in his sort of first choice plans were they to be How available. would you fit those two in? Would, would you play them both? Or? I reckon he'd probably end up playing... Schumach as the number 10 yeah and then, then Wickham as the number top, 9 yeah. like similar to how we played at, at Liverpool last season and um, then re- rotating between you know punching maybe out wide at times but yeah. also maybe rotating between him and Schumach at, occasionally at 10 but you know you've then got a pool of wingers who would be mm. sort of flitting in and about the box be nice wouldn't it uh, unfortunately it sounds like Schumach has more Hamstring injuries. So do we think we'll see him play play for Palace I again? Honestly, do don't. We said this all the pod to me. I, I I'm not sure. You, I you don't think we'll see him ever again in the Palace shirt? He seems to have re- really recurring injuries. Yeah. and um, it's not good, is it? It's not good. I really hope we do see him again because I think he's a class act. But it's, it's now been what the best part of a year that he's been on and off really badly injured for. So well, when, he came he came back at the end of the season. When you then, said when you said he was back for good, you were <laughs> lying, weren't you? No, I said I want him back for good. Oh, you want him back yeah. for good. Okay, so you weren't yeah. like... But it's all your control. fault then, isn't it? Well, well, of course it's JD's fault. Yeah. <sighs> okay, um, we've got another question about our strikers from John Dodds. Oh, hi, John. Hi, John Dodds. He says, um, we are far from convincing up front. Yeah, we're not. Time to play two up top, perhaps. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, let me just, let me just do the caveat and finish. He okay. says, um, I'd like to see Gale and Bamford, or Gale and Wickham. What do you guys think about that? Four four two is dead. I, I've been trying to tell people this for about four years. Now it was great. it was quite fun to watch Palace play uh, an old fashioned four four two against Charlton, which they effectively did <coughs> to a certain extent, and it, it was kind of like a nice throwback to fifteen years ago. But no other teams do it now. Who so was up top? Was that Campbell and Gale? Was it? Uh, yeah, effectively for a much of the match, and mm. it, it looked great at times. At times, it was kind of like a team that didn't really remember how to play four four two anymore. Um, I mean, you would just end up giving up too much of the midfield, and that's why no teams do it now. Mm. Like, you know, at Premier League level, no one other than the teams that end up massively underperforming or going down end up playing two at the top. It would be fun to watch for a few weeks, and then once we start start getting done three and four nil, we'll probably get bored of it quite quickly. I think so. Not for me. Not for me. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I I agree with everything Street said. 
Good, okay. Well, that's going to make for a short. Really, he's really clever. He's going to make for a short podcast. He knows he about stats and, and, and well, uh, formations. No, he knows about formations. When somebody tells me a formation, I have to count the numbers off of my hand to see what's it. <laughs> and then I was going, but, you know, four, four, I'll go down to four. Well, you can't, be, you can't be worse than Garth Crooks, though. Have you seen his Team of the Weeks recently? No, they've been like, they've two been at the like back, yeah, one of the best, <laughs> two in the and then six up front and stuff. And everyone's like, mate, that, you can't. A Team of the Week isn't just 11 great players. That's, uh, that's why he's never really gone into management, I guess. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, the next question is from Jerry Clark. Oh, hi, hi Jerry. Jerry Clark. He says, um, the one thing we've learnt, I'm, guess, I'm guessing from the Watford game, but maybe all season. He says, we him or we us generally? I think in general, like the, the, okay. the general we, um, was the need for a striker, with a, a striker with a physical presence who can play up front on his own. Well, we've got one of them, he's just question injured. Mark. Wickham. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think, yeah, I mean, I think we, we all agree with that as well. We've just been a bit, bit unlucky. I mean, he, he's young, mm. so it, it, shouldn't, it wouldn't have been one of the things that when you sign him, you'd be like, oh, he's had recurring you know, injury problems of a certain type that will end up uh, basically reoccurring again and again. Like, it's just he's having a recurring things. injury that's going to occur again and again. That's weird. It's a recurring injury that recurs. Yeah. Brilliant. Should we not that's have. That's a tautology, that one. I think, is uh, it? Worth oh, it. Yeah, okay. Should we not have. Um, <laughs> Tautology, old tautology, you mate. Oh, he's got an ology. That's, that's her one for the I know, old listeners. I know. He's I got actually got that. You I got, got that, that one. one I got you? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wish Kevin was here. <laughs> I really wish Kevin was here. He understands me. <laughs> Do we? Should we not have a backup? Physic, uh, physical striker well, we did but we decided to sell it well, exactly, well exactly that's my, that's my point was it short sighted to we, do that we actually talk about this every 10 minutes on every time don't we no but we do we but do. the more we talk about it the more it comes up from listeners questions the more it kind of drills home the fact that maybe it was really short sighted to let Glenn go because the way we play we do need some laptop and when our main guy's injured we know we know and it was a mistake but it's a mistake that was out of our hands unfortunately well yeah you, you know I'm, I'm sure he, he would have been not I'm going to start that one again. I'm sure. I'm sure that you know he had some hand in deciding to go or not to go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they would have probably given him the option to mm. sort of go to Bournemouth or, or to stay if he really wanted. Maybe to. he thought he was going to get he was going to get regular first team football, which he's not. Well, he will now that Wilson's yeah been injured. That's true. Um, I'll show up then. Should we should we have been looking for? A, I'm, I'm I'm drilling this this Murray point. I apologise, but should we be get should it be when Murray went although it was deadline day wasn't it day before deadline yeah, day yeah we went on deadline day yeah okay it was deadline day try to but get someone else in so Let's, up until the end of December we'll see how your Bamfords and your Wickhams and your Gales play mm. and if they aren't performing the way that we want them to then I guarantee you we'll get somebody in the transfer window I agree yeah. I mean I, I thought that Bamford was a little bit of a risk from the start because you never know how form in the championship is going to translate to playing up front as one in, in, in the Premier League and um, he's, he's obviously only played in sort of fits and spurts so far anyway he's only mm-hmm. come on a couple of times as a sub but even then I don't think he's been overly convincing I mean there's flashes from him and clearly don't score in the championship like he did last season if you're a terrible footballer but I mean there's still going to be a huge betting in period for him in the Premier League and I'm, I'm still not you know taken by the rationale behind that signing in general so he's got, I, I, got nice hair though well, which is the main thing he's got lovely hair so yeah. well, there we go there, there you go. go. That's the level of insight you get on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. The next question is from Lewis Wilmot. Oh, hi, Lewis. Oh, hi, Lewis he Wilmot. says, is Kabai even better than we thought? Quality player, creative and defensive all at once. Plus, he has a nice beard. I would... I would. Uh, he's definitely better than I thought he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then again, I didn't really see him week in, week out at um, Newcastle. You just see flashes on Match of the Day or whatever TV show you're watching. Mm-hmm. But, oh, you- and, I, you know, the, about the defence, we spoke about a little bit in the first, first half of the pod... 
Um, his defensive play's been excellent. Mm. And especially against Watford, I thought he was coming back. Do we think Street that this is the right position for him in the in the defensive? That two? well, it's where he's, it's where he's always played, and it seems to play to, like his his biggest strength is an ability to play simple passes really, really effectively into fine little pockets of space. But also reading of the game. Like the, the yesterday was the exception actually because it's the first time that in a match this season he's not made a single interception. Oh wow! And didn't he have the most at some point? Didn't he, he? Well, I think he's got the most. He's tack- Europe got the most uh, wow. tackles. Well, the world tackles and interceptions. Sure. I think uh, Enders might be making that up. Uh, <laughs> he's got the most tackles and interceptions combined, I think, in the Premier League at the moment. So clearly, the defensive side of his game is where he's been really excelling. Mm. Um, yesterday, he was a bit under par for whatever reason, maybe just because he was being targeted early on. But mm-hmm. um, no, I think he's been fantastic so far, other than yesterday, where I thought he's money well spent. Bearing in mind it was twelve, yes, I think so, twelve yeah. million. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's well, so. that, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Schilling. Hi, Daniel. He says, yeah. should Kabai be taken off set pieces though, as they've been pretty poor? Why wasn't Punchin let taken him? Well, we had Breda coming on the corner in the first half that I think. Uh, oh, there's a free kick. Kabai, yeah, Kabai took. Kabai took. You know, so it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if, if teams as well organised as Watford are defensively, then then they're staying with the men they're supposed to be marking at set pieces. It's going to be very rare that you get the sort of opportunity that even Breda got yesterday. I didn't think his delivery was particularly awful. Um, the problem is that when you when you're hoisting balls in from set pieces you're effectively depending on a ridiculously brilliant ball or a mistake from the defence and there yeah. weren't really many defense, defensive mistakes sorry yesterday from Watford um, so I, I wouldn't take him off no I mean, we've know. got good options though haven't we for free kicks we've got, good we've got good, yeah. I mean, him on the right uh, punch and left foot punch Dwight could often take a good free kick as well yeah Dwight Gale is, we've got, we've got options it's no, not, not a bad options. thing is it no, it's not, it's not a bad thing um, punch did score a few last season didn't he yeah, he, did, he yeah. did score yeah. quite a few wasn't his ratio at 1.75% Taken that he scored or something, wasn't it? Not sure. I can't quite remember. Street, you're a stat man? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay, um, next question is from Team Slack 4. Hi, oh. Team Slack 4. He says, uh, he or they, says, um, did Pardew get out handsomed by Kike Flores? Ooh. Is this in the, the string of questions that we had last week about Damon Delaney's jawline? Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as we're sitting there editing, I'm like, no, we're not reading that. No, we're not reading that. No, we're not reading that. Wow, we've got some weird fans. No, we're not reading that. Yeah. Uh, we did ask Damo who he thought the, the, the best looking player was, though. And, what did he uh, say? Well, we all, everyone on the pod agreed it was Kabai. We all agreed right, it was Kabai. Okay. Um, but he said that Dan, Scott Dan, Fancies himself a looker, so give him really? a mention as well. He's a good looking guy, though, that's no, fine. No, no. Anyway, um, and I was giving you the same incredulous look then, then that I am now. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, Pards versus Flores, then? I've got absolutely no idea, and I don't really care, to be honest. But f- great question, thank you. Good, okay. Uh, Pardew, because he's Palace. Yeah, good answer. Next question. Uh, next question comes from Joe Pod Seadley. Oh, good, good, name good, to good name for a pod. A pod yeah. um, who Hi, actually sent in this question last week, and I forgot to read it out. But he sent it in from Bali last week, but this Ooh. week he's sending it in from New Zealand. Wow! So get, what get, a get around. Um, this one. Joe says, "Is our success in the Premier League compromising our ability and, and heritage to bring in young players to the first team squad?" It's a good question. Uh, good for the first time, there hasn't anyone been looking in. Uh, outside of use in the cup, interesting timing actually in that question yeah. um, because we had two <coughs> we had two, players two youth players on the bench on the bench against Watford, yeah, yeah, which was Luke Kroll and Jake Gray, yeah, uh, defender and a right midfielder. Um, it's we've said before in the pod, it's, di- it's difficult, isn't it, it's Andy, difficult. at this level to be to be given that many chances to. Well, it's difficult as well because we've 
you know we, we've not had the investment historically in, in that side of things that you'd perhaps need to produce Premier League level academy graduates like you look at the teams that produce a huge amount of players that come through the likes of Southampton they've poured millions and millions and millions into the infrastructure and into the development of players and really sort of focusing on that side of things and we've not really done that and to, to do that would take a slight shift in emphasis and also quite a big cash reserve and you know Southampton had a billionaire who was prepared to put that money in but everything that we now take in as a Premier League club goes out to Premier League footballers hmm. who you end up paying with it because wages too etc etc it's all quite short termist in the approach which then isn't really conducive to investing in an academy and bringing through the sort of players it takes a really sort of long term holistic view of things so um, I don't really see things changing massively in the short term particularly given the issues there are with getting a single training ground site because obviously I think the youth are currently training away from the main training mm-hmm. grounds at Goals in Beckenham or mm-hmm. something and um, it's, it would just take you know millions and millions of pounds to be poured into that sort of things when we also want to see the stadium developed so it's, it's there's difficult. a lot to be done isn't there or a lot of plans there are yeah and you know it's, it's, it's going to be difficult because I'm sure that the four in charge don't probably want to commit all of their money and sort of you know the future of their families and everything into sort of developing just the stadium and hmm. you know or sort of making sure the academy is up to a ridiculous level they probably want it all to be sustainable which I suppose you can understand to a certain extent but I don't know like we, we saw yesterday didn't we that the penalty won by Wolf Zaha and it's nice as a Palace fan that's got this sort of you know, real community feel to it, and that we all grew up with because of how sort of ingrained it was in sort of South London culture, etc. It's nice to see those types of players come in and, and do well. So it would it would be nice to think that that level of investment might return that we could start to develop those sort of players again, mm. even at Premier League level, which is more difficult and is going to take mm. more sort of intensive levels of investment. But I mean, cup games then become a good opportunity, don't they? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a great question, but you know, as we we said at the beginning of the answer, we did have two youth players on the bench yesterday. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like we're not looking at the youth. You know, and I think a few more travelled as well with the squad, so they were. Yeah, you know, it is, and you know, some that they are there. It's just a lot harder to get into the first team now than it ever was, and mm-hmm. because of all the reasons that Andy mentioned. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's those that gap. That gap is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know. And Pardew getting... is—he has referenced it at times, so he is mm. thinking about it. But like Andy says, it's not—it's not as easy as just plonking them in like no, it was back course. in the day for us when we were playing. At well, yeah, when we were as bad as Charlton were the other <laughs> night, when we were a mid-table Championship side, you know, there were any number of academy graduates who just by virtue of being talented would have improved certain positions. Mm. Now, when you're looking to displace. You know James MacArthur or Johan Kabay or Bakri Sanya. Bakri Sanya, what? We yeah. signed Sanya. Wow, wow, I missed that, that one. Emergency loan, is it? Ba- Bakri Sacco, oh. not Sanya. Oh, oh, okay. oh. I was making such a good point up to that <laughs> point as well. Uh, it's going to be more difficult. Yeah. Okay, especially um, if you're displacing Man City players from the Palace. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the next question then is from Jess- Jesse Boyce. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse Boyce. Hi, Jesse. Boyce. He says um, we should say congrats to him for. Give, well, he didn't give birth. He, did he? Did he? Just, no. Wow. <laughs> streets are, there's, streets there's are changing. There's water on Mars and men are giving birth. What's going on? Oh, we signed Sanya as well. <laughs> you know what? Next thing you'll be told we're in the top six of the Premier League. Uh, well, that one. That one. Uh, uh, yeah, c- congratulations to uh, Jesse yeah. on, on the birth of yeah. his second son, Sonny. Yeah. Sonny. Yeah. Sonny Boyce. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Um, so his question is, what is the bigger news story? Palace win 9 out of 12 Premier League away games under Pardew. Or man giving birth. <laughs> or man giving birth. Or Hangerland getting the train home from Palace. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a great picture. After the Charlton yeah, game yeah. in the Cup. 
Um, Very good. Fantastic. I did like the new song from him as well. He's big, he's hard, he's got an oyster card, Hangaland. I thought it was very good. That's really? very good. That's yeah. very good. That's great. Yeah. I loved how nonchalant he was just sitting there. Well, he sort of had a big grin on his face, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. But it, it just he adds did. to the sort of cult hero status yeah. of, yeah. of Hangman, exactly. doesn't it? Yeah. So. Um, and of course, he played very well. And in fact, that leads us into our next question, which was from Graham Mackay. Hi, Graham. Um, he says, Was that the best performance by Hangerland in a Palace shirt? It's the best I've seen. Definitely. Yeah. There have been a few like that. That Swansea game at the end of last season sort of springs to mind as well. He's. As I say, he's coming quite a few times and not let anyone down against Spurs. I thought he was very good the other week. Um, I'd say, yeah, probably his best one mm. did come in the Watford game. Mm. Um, we had a couple of questions on this, and um, they're from Lee John Hughes. Hi, Lee. Hi, and Lee. James at Follow the Palace. Hi, James. Ooh. And they both sort of say, what now for the for the defence? Um, if if Delaney is fit for West Brom, is he back in or is it Hangerland or what? What do we do? We said in the first part. We said in the first part. Didn't we? I, I, I brought it up in the first part. So you know what do we do? I okay. You know what? I well, you guys are you now. So what do you do? Um, I'm, I'm I, going I straight up the West End. I asked Keith. <laughs> I asked Keith to sort it out. That's what I do. <laughs> okay, Keith. What should I do? Keith. Keith. What should I do? They're hassling me. I don't know. I've got three great centre backs, and uh, um, I would probably go. I would probably go with Dan and Delaney. Okay. Uh, and I'd leave Hangland to come in and rescue us because of rescue. just because of Damo and, and Dan's partnership and I think so I think that's what I do um, I might be wrong but that's what I do I believe in you that's fine straight I'll go with Mary Apper and Kelly just to shake shit <laughs> <you> up <laughs> or Luke Kroll yeah, yeah Luke Kroll yeah. he's good okay. he's young he's good he plays for Crystal Palace <laughs> something like that yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on moving on right. moving on um the next question is from Will Hamilton. I will. Oh, I will. He says, um, "What was worse, Yala's first-minute shot against Watford that went out for a throw-on? <laughs> yeah, I remember, you remember that. that? <laughs> um, or the policing on Wednesday night against Charlton? Yala, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Both as directionless as hate and as hasty as each other. Wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best from Yala, but um, uh, no, he, he, he had an alright game, didn't he? We didn't really talk about him in the first no, part, did we? Spoken, but he's." He's such an asset because he just scares people. He just scares defenders. Mm. That's what he does. He's was a good scene back on the wing rather than up front. Right, it's yeah. not his position, is it? No, not at all. Sorry, I just got hiccups. I don't <laughs> like hiccups. That's okay. No one you does. Know, no, who it's... does? But you know, when you have hiccups, you can never remember when they stop, can you? All of a sudden, you go, or when they, or when they start, or even when they start. <laughs> yeah, weird, isn't it? Anyway, um, Balassi back on the wing for the first time in, in two games. Yeah. Um, already looked like had more involvement didn't he surely because well, the, end, uh, the end product wasn't brilliant but whenever is it with, with Yannick but yeah. frank, frankly the great thing with him is that well, apart from when he's scoring hat-tricks he, 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 well, he, he does pin back the fullback like the, the one of the main assets that he, he will occasionally have is you know discourage that fullback from going to try and overlap with his winger because he's all, all he's thinking to himself is you know I can't let Yala in not Yala Yala, Yala. Okay, Yala. Yala. I can't Sorry. let Yala, Yala, Yala. Yala in behind yeah. um, so even when he's not having a particularly great game and I, th- I thought it was okay yesterday I think mm. it was brilliant but I thought it was okay but they all, on um, match today too they also highlighted Yala um, Balassi's Yala um, Defensive, we're talking about Wilf in the first Balassi. 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 Yannick. I'm trying to call him Yannick Balassi now. Yannick Balassi's um, defensive work and that he was getting back to cover the. It was Neil at right, right back. Um, so clearly, again, like he's. We're talking about Wilf's defensive work. Like we know we'll get that from Balassi as well, which when we talk about the wingers at Palace, they have to be able to do that, don't they? Well, they have to because you have right and left backs who are essentially also wingers as well so all those four players two on either side have got to be able to do both things you know well, one, you know, full backs these days 
aren't really fullbacks anymore. No, they're they're all wingbacks, aren't they? No, wingbacks. It's like going back to the fifties. Yeah, they're like wingbacks. But but then again, but your two wingers then are also got to have that ability to, mm. which is why which is, Zaha and Balassi have learnt over the last sort of 12 to 18 months that they need to do that. And we've mentioned about both of them in this pod that they are getting better and better. Mm. And you know the as the game is moving on, I think you know you, those 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 two those four positions. Are, all, are very interchangeable mm-hmm. very interchangeable and, and, think and you, since, since last pod uh, Balassi signed a new three and a half year deal which we all know means absolutely nothing in this day and age because of what it's just worth a paper it's not worth well, it means, but it's great yeah brilliant. it means that it's they brilliant. can because, but then when Tottenham come in and offer 30 million for him in January he'll go yeah, but that's, so what does it mean you know, that's means, 30 million rubbish, cares, no it means that clubs will have to offer more yeah, it does okay, mean clubs okay, will right, have to offer I more money be, I won't be cynical then about people signing contracts so you wouldn't be because they always keep them don't they no, obviously no. It's not about that. They it's about do. it raises their their price in the market for clubs, and you'd okay. you'd, you'd be happy with thirty yeah, million for yeah, Blasi, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I'll be happy with twenty five million. Okay, good. well they're not giving it to us though, are they? <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. You know I know. What I mean. yeah. I, I this mean, man should not be put in charge of that much money, frankly. Just <laughs> not where he's going to. <laughs> down the record shop, mate. Exactly. To buy yeah. some Colombian <laughs> jazz. <laughs> Okay, because there's a lot of it I haven't got yet. Um, John Dodd. So I think I had a question okay. earlier, didn't he, John? Yeah, yeah. Um, just dominating the questions. Um, says when is Yala going to? When is Yala going to score from outside the box? Ooh, uh, never. A week on Thursday <laughs> in training. Ah, prove me wrong. Has he scored from outside the box at Palace? I don't Ooh, believe don't so. Don't know. Well, someone will probably now write in and tell us. He must have done at some point. His first goal was a lob against Ipswich. Do you remember that? We we beat Ipswich five 0 and he lobbed over the keeper. That may have been from outside mm, the box. Don't know, I can't remember. Good question. No, we got no thoughts on that, on that no question. No thoughts on it at all. I'm afraid no. <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay, um, Carl Mortimer. Hi, Carl. Hello, Carl. Says, Hi, Carl. Um, oh. does anyone feel the same as me? Yes. Eight, yeah, all, uh, most all, Thursdays. All, eight, eight points cleared relegation zone. 28 more points to go. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Really? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's, so actually, we were right to be quite so yeah, hasty. No, we yeah. are. No, get to 40 points and then we Get to 40 can... points. In fact, so you were saying the other day, um, we're a third of our way there. Really? 36 points is what will keep us. Really? This year. Yeah, so we're a third of our way in reality. So we're not far off safety. Okay. No, absolutely. I think any any sane football fan, any sane Palace fan, you're looking at that 40 points mark. We're currently 50 to 1 with a lot of bookies to be relegated. So I am piling on. Just as, an, just as an insurance policy. <laughs> when I got when we beat Chelsea, I got a, I got a little bit carried away and um, dipped into my betting account. And uh, <laughs> the odds were forty to one, I think, that come the first of October, Palace would be top of the Premier League. So I put yeah, a couple of quid on that because I got a bit carried away. It's not going to happen, though, is it? I won't tell. Well, it's the twenty eighth. It's in two days' time, and we haven't got a game. So all you need is the top top five. One <laughs> of whom's owned compost. by yeah. You need the top five. One of whom's owned by an oligarch, yeah. and the other of whom's owned by Qatar to all go into administration, and then you quit in. Okay, I mean, in the next forty eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love people that bet. Okay. Um, that may have been be quite a, waste. a big news story, though. That it might have money. It'd be a lot bigger news story than water in Mars. Um, okay. Uh, Graham Mackay again we've just the same people asking the same people, questions same but it's a good question this one's a good question um, says um, what was up with the B thing playing the drum at Watford that was did a bit you see weird. that that was a bit weird I don't know if you saw that on, on TV because obviously you two weren't at the match I might mm. have mentioned it once or twice no, you haven't but that this it. mascot who came up like the, a lot of Palace fans who got into the ground early 
on Sunday to like start a little bit of an atmosphere and he was just standing there like trying to sort of goad the Palace fans and at one point he just sits on the turf with his arm folded just going come on then let's have Did it he? yeah Can and, then, a giant and, bee? and then uh, Palace fans carried on singing there's a hornet and he, he yeah. then went off and obviously the football match started because we weren't there just to goad <laughs> Uh, animal hornet things caricature <laughs> hornets even yeah. and then he came back right as the match had started just banging a drum <laughs> brilliant which made no sense at all that actually sounds quite, quite I good like that. it sounds, like, it it sounds, sounds crazy so I mean, it was kind of divided between Palace fans who decided that they wanted to chant about how embarrassing it was mm. and then the rest of us who were just going what is going on <laughs> well Graham has a second part of the question we have an eagle dressed in a skirt he's not got a drum though has he speaking yeah. of which did you hear that a Charlton fan tried to punch Kayla no. Really? Yeah. Did not hear that. Yeah. Didn't hear that. Oh my word! Oh, that's, that's terrible. That's not very nice, is it? No, that's no. not very nice. No, you well, shouldn't. The, the, the most recent, Kayla. Uh, yeah, the most recent. No, there's only ever been one. Sorry. Hasn't Stop it. Sorry, Kevin. Stop, Stop here. Children Stop listening. listening. And this concludes this week's episode of Moral Indignation. <laughs> Listen, the, Graham's got a second part of the question, which is okay. about about the the hornet with the drum, which says, um, "Can we all agree Pete the Eagle would take him easily?" Absolutely. Definitely take the sting out of this situation. Oh, well, he's done that. Right, he's, done he's so pleased with himself. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. I've been waiting for the last hour 45 minutes to get that in. <laughs> okay. It's the reason I um, came today. There's another uh, uh, mascot uh, based question from Sam Whiting. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Interesting one. It says, um, Is there any other team in English football that has an animal on their badge that isn't their nickname? Because Watford have got a moose on their badge. Do you see that? Have they? Yeah. I just thought it was How a really confused hornet. <laughs> it's a moose. It definitely looks like a, a moose with the big really? um, antlery things. Um, antlery bit... things. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> I got one. I got one. Uh, have some of them actually got a black cat on their badge? No, oh, they've got a. Li- they got a lion. They might have a lion of some sort. Yeah. Know. You know, we should. We should. I maybe should next week read <laughs> the questions beforehand, and we'll get get it all. Well, up. Actually, why don't we throw that one open to listeners? If yeah, any yeah, listeners can yeah, let yeah, us know, yeah. throw it open. Yeah, Let's just put it out there. Um, that's an interesting one, though. Yeah, very, very yeah. interesting. Many clubs. That are, I mean, of course, I could just go on Google the next week and do it myself. But well, has um, it got to be two different animals? Well, no. So, like an animal on their badge, but then that's not their but nickname. They're not, they're, they're like the black cats. Yeah, so black cats is a good uh, one. Although black cats is a recent, recent villa. Name. Villa are like the villains, but like the thing on there is a, is a lion. lion. But they Again. they are called the lions sometimes. They. Um, by oh. whom ever I don't remember not maybe no not. one has ever called Aston Villa the Lions I feel like it's one of their unofficial nicknames now someone's going to look at all yeah. Wikipedia, Wikipedia well they did in 1851 <laughs> when they first formed the Football League interesting question though isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. very very good question um, one of the best of the day actually Chelsea <laughs> Here we go. Called the Blues. <laughs> yeah. Also have a line. No, they, they've definitely been called the Lions at some point. Chelsea. Chelsea Lions. Chelsea Lions, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. A good question, though. And uh, listeners, let us know um, Yeah, if there are any. But it's more to do with this there is, if they called it, there's a nickname like Eagles or whatever, but there's not, but we had well, like a dog on there well, or something. Do you know what I mean? But like a greyhound. Watford is really interesting because they've, they've always been the Hornets, to yeah. my knowledge. Well, they've got a Hornet who bangs a drum. But the, yet they've got a moose. It's very a random thing to have on their back. A moose is really random because yeah, you don't find many moose in Buckinghamshire, do you? Moose? Meese. I was going to say meese. <laughs> many meese, moose. Right. There's a moose in the hoose. Where's that moose in the hoose? Oh, God. Okay, All I'm saying is the people who tuned in for the first time to Damien Delaney and thought, it's going to be like this every week. Now, right now, wondering what they've done with their lives. This is what it should be like. This is what it's usually like. <laughs> okay. Um, last couple of questions then uh, for this part. Uh, first one's from Tony Stewart. Hi, Hi Tony. Hi, Tony. He says, um, he says, <laughs> that was... he bangs it. <laughs> it sounds like a Stone Roses B-sides. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tony says um, that was a pretty ugly win from Palace on Sunday, which, which was, we agreed yeah. in part yeah. one. Um, what's the ugliest Palace win you've ever seen? Ooh, damn, we, we mentioned it last week, didn't we? Or not last week, but in between last week and this week. Uh, <laughs> midweek. <laughs> midweek. Uh, was it under the floodlights? It was under the floodlights. <laughs> I bet it was. Uh, when we beat Barnsley 1 0 at home, do you remember that match? Oh, where yeah. You did, where we all did the cheerleading. We all did, didn't we? We all did the oh, crystals. Yeah. We, we joined in the crystals. But it was also one of the worst pic- matches I've ever I seen. I saw some pictures that the other day. I was looking through some old photographs on my computer and saw those. <laughs> Oh, it boy, was, oh, it was, I, I wish somebody just told me how bad I looked. It was for charity. It was for I don't charity. care if it was for <laughs> bloody charity. <laughs> no, I do. I care a lot. I give money. I give um, money to all sorts of charities. But you look great. You yeah, look good. I know. I know. I did. You looked oh, fantastic. No, we all you. did. We thank all looked fantastic. No, we looked great. And we all had moves. But good that was moves. a bad match. That was a bad match. Um, a bad match. Yeah. Which well, Sc- we did with Scannell scored in the last minute. Yeah, he did, yeah. Also, the Peter Taylor years generally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time we, we won a match under Peter Taylor, I think that happened twice. Mm. Uh, all of them were bad. Pretty bad, aren't they? Yeah. I can't. I, they were I so bad that I can't actually remember any of them. <laughs> Me neither. No. Yeah. No. Okay. I can't remember. There were some quite hard-fought ones under Pulis as well. I suppose that were a little bit ugly at times. The uh, West Ham. If you're looking for a Premier League one recently, the West Ham, the West Ham game where they battered us at times in that match, and we won one 0 didn't we? We won one 0 Yeah. And then Ravel Morrison lost his head at kickoff and tried to punch. Joe Ward You did yeah You did yeah Having said that We don't really We're not going to see Many ugly wins Or are we under Pardew With the way we play Apart from on Sunday Apart from on Sunday My point is Maybe it was a bit of An an anomaly In that um, Because of the way we play We're either going to Have open games Where we're going to get Smashed or smash someone Um, We are going to get Smashed at some point We all know that don't we We are going to get Absolutely thumped by somebody I think we are Yeah But that's I'm I'm happy about that Because I also know We're going to thump Somebody else as well Yeah exactly Yeah, And it's not going to Drag us down into the No Bottom three Um I think that kind of wraps up um, our question. I mean, we did have one question uh, from from Rich Green, Hi Rich. Hi Rich. which is on your point a minute ago. Street. So, I thought the demo pod was brilliant last week, which is lovely. And thank you to everyone for their kind comments about the pod with Damien. I think we could all agree he was an excellent guest. It was brilliant. Which current player would you invite on next? Um, we just want to make sure get it out there. We're not going to have players on every week. It's not going to become a regular. <laughs> Someone did thing. say that, and then I just thought, like, think of the logistics. <laughs> <laughs> And also, we'd run out by week week twenty five anyway. Yeah, so. week twenty five would be onto like the person who holds the water bottles for the under elevens. And it's actually me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you to everyone for their kind comments on uh, on that pod. Um, what if we were going to get another player? So on who, yeah, I think who, who do you want? To, I think it have to be Braden Hangerland. Yeah, Just, that'd be yeah, good. The yeah, definitely. Public transport links around here are exceptional, so <laughs> yeah, you'd have no yeah. trouble getting there. Yeah. I think it actually can't get fun. He's big. I, I listened literally five minutes ago. <laughs> I know, I've forgotten he, it already, okay. He's big, he's hard, he has a nice decar. Yeah. He's <laughs> <That's laughs> nice um, he, he, he's a bit of a character. It seems like he would be quite yeah. good, actually. You see, I don't use an Oyster card at the moment because you can use contactless. contactless me see, too. So I, I don't have an Oyster card. Me so neither. Me neither. He, he, he does. Maybe you should tell him maybe he doesn't need to get an Oyster card. Just you, you well, mine got, stole, mine got stolen a few months ago. Did it really? Someone took all the money off it. I just so feel I've like been this burnt, so I don't want to use it anymore. So, no, don't yeah. blame me. This will end up being a really long chart if we incorporate <laughs> these bits into okay. it. Though. Yeah, good. Let's yeah. wrap up part two there. Thank you, listeners, for your uh, your great questions as usual. Um, in part three, we're going to look forward to Palace's next game, which is against West Brom and Tony Pulis. Boo. Um, so join us in part three. <laughs> Thank you.
Hello, listeners, and welcome back to part three of the Five Year Plan podcast. Hooray! Part three. <laughs> Pod 151. Pod 51. That's one more than 150. It is. But one less than 152. Correct. And, Very informative. Uh, we are sponsored. Um, by Vector Printing. Going to go with them first for this one. Um, for all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a K. And we're also sponsored by JC Innovation and Strategy, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. Andy. More iconic than Johan Cruyff. Ooh, okay. Yeah, very that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. And it's smoke more facts than them, too. Okay. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, so Palace's next game is home to West Brom. I saw someone put on on Twitter or Facebook recently. This the this is the real test. Or the next couple of weeks, we've got West Brom at home, mm-hmm. West Ham at home. We've come through that tough run yeah. against Chelsea, City, and Spurs. Done okay. Got three mm-hmm. points. We're one at Watford in an ugly win. This this is now traditionally where Palace would throw it away. And uh, lose two home games on a spin, but is it now really the chance for Palace to kick on and prove that actually this is this is a good team and uh, can really solidify a top whatever finish? Well, I think West Ham have been overperforming, and I think that because someone far better informed than me wrote that on the internet. <laughs> 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 uh, I read a blog that said they are scoring an uncharacteristically nut high number of goals from their first shot on target and also their second shot on target. Okay. And uh, there's loads of people who are saying it's unsustainable, and also it's West Ham. So of course they're going to do something stupid eventually. But we'll come on to them next week. Um, Pulis is the one I'm a bit worried about because yeah. uh, just he's going to set up his team in the exact way that we know they'll be set up and I just foresee us struggling to break them down a little bit in the same way that we did at times against against Watford mm-hmm. and um, he is very, he's very clever Pulis so we've got to give him that but we got burned so badly last season in that home game with Pulis that, that, and Pardew admitted after that oh I got it totally well, wrong well you know what but the thing the difference with this season is last season Pulis was playing pretty much he was playing against a Pulis side. It was pretty much the Pulis team. Whereas now Pulis v Pulis. It's Pulis v Pulis. Like Kramer v Kramer. But, but this is more. This was very Kramer vs. Kramer. It's a very sad film, like Kramer vs. Kramer. Yeah, that's why I like it so much. Um, oh, you should see it. It's mm-hmm. really great. Anyway, okay. I was talking about the, that bit yeah, of the Pulis um, v. French toast. But yeah, the, no, the Pulis v Pulis bit. Yeah. No, so but the, the, now it's Pulis against Pardew, mm. and there's very little of the old Pulis left in the Palace at the moment. So it'll be an interesting game. Do you think Palace will? Um, but knowing what we know about West Brom and knowing what we know from last season when they beat us 2 0 at Celeste, and Pardew admitted that he got it wrong, how do we expect Palace to go for it? Because if they do go open early doors, will they get? Will they find it frustrating? Will they get caught in the break? Or will we see Palace maybe like did against Watford, I think, just being a bit more compact? And I kind think of I, I think they'll be quite nervous because we've not got a great home record. You exactly. Know, everyone's yeah. talking about how great we are away from home. We've you know won nine of the last twelve away from home. And there's an article in the Evening Standard today, which I didn't actually—I was looking over somebody's shoulder. Yeah. Just talking about Palace need to get their home form. It's all about the home form. So there's that pressure on the team. Plus, it's Pulis. And it's going to be really hard. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know anything about football. But I'm sure Street will tell us what's going to happen. You got any stats, Street? Not, not, not West Brom. No. Well, I mean, they've started the season reasonably well, haven't they? I mean, they're currently leading against Everton. Obviously, we don't know. 
whether or not that's going to be the final result, but they're close to the end now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've started in a fairly decent manner. It's interesting we talk about the home form. There have been various people who have been saying that the reason Watford haven't been scoring or doing quite as brilliantly at home at Vicarage Road is because they play on a smaller pitch there than they do when they occasionally go to the likes of you know your Sunderland or your teams with the wide open spaces. And you do sometimes wonder whether a team that are set up like Palace are to play on the break and to really use the flanks and to use pace in a really direct manner are better suited to the slightly wider pitches in the Premier League which you do occasionally get at you know, some of the newer grounds mm. like, like St Mary's like the Stadium of Light and so forth rather than Selhurst Park which is a little bit more compatible but, but you, have to, you have to adapt to that at some point you can't just keep using that as a, an excuse surely you've got to well then what am I going to be able to blame on oh, my, super, <laughs> my, superficial, my superficial analysis will go out the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> be a lot shorter pod as well but, but, yeah, no, exactly. but that's, that's what all analysis is anyway so it doesn't really matter what you say because it's not going to come true well there we go well, that's, that's a fair point but, but how do be, Palace deal with it we're going to have to be switched on at set pieces because I mean yeah. the, the really frustrating thing about that match last season was the fact that um, Dawson wasn't he scored I think no it was Morrison James Morrison uh, the header the header from James Morrison yes as I say definitely uh, Dawson Um, (laughs) so they they scored pretty early on didn't they from a set piece Mm. and they're always going to be well drilled at set pieces and that's you know kind of how a Pulis team is generally set up so if we're not switched on from those sort of opportunities it could be one of those where it becomes a very frustrating afternoon Mm. like they, they will be Compact. They won't allow a lot of space in front of the back four. We're going to have to try and make sure that the wingers are really switched on because that's about the only way we're going to get a lot of mileage out of them. Um, so it might be another. It might be another ugly, ugly win. I, oh, be, sorry, another, ugly performance. It could I might be think another. Too. Yeah, another another Watford type performance. Yeah. possibly unless we get an early goal. In which case, you know, obviously it then invites them to have to come on to us a little bit more and hopefully leave a bit of space to exploit. I, I could see it being an incredibly terse and tight game. Oh, nice. Um, who would we play up front? Do you think Gale should get tense and tight games? What did you say? I think it's going to have to be Gale, isn't it? Assuming Wickham is not fit. Assuming Wickham's not fit. Because your only other options are Gale, Campbell, or Balassi. I don't think we should have Campbell or Bamford. Bamford. I don't think Balassi should be up front. I think we definitely need we we need his his pace on the wings. I think that was proven. Yeah, that's proven. I don't I don't like Balassi up front. Bamford and is hasn't been proven yet. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we don't really know Bamford yet. Not really seen him. He doesn't look like you're. He he's a, look, he's a, I mean, quite a tall lad, but he doesn't look like your sort of um, physical man no. up top to play against a West Brom. Does well, he? we've not got one though, have we? We, we? we don't have one. So you, if your choice is Gale or Bamford, then you'd probably go with Gale because he's got a little bit more. Mm. Well, he sort of knows the Palace way a little bit better, <laughs> and mm. he's you know more. I guess he's more in tune with the rest of the team than maybe yeah. Bamford is. I don't know. Tough one. It is a tough one. It's a tough well, maybe, one. Maybe, maybe we need somebody. We need, we need somebody. We can't play with no yeah. striker. Although I do remember, do you remember back in the under heart, <coughs> we played someone at home, uh, Swansea at home, and uh, uh, Calvin Andrew was up front, and then someone got sent off, and Andrew went to left mid, and we played four five zero. It's fine. Do you just count that? <laughs> it was brilliant, and like they kept knocking the ball up top, and there was no one there. Why are you ducking it long? Oh dear, we've come, we've come just, a long way. We've come a long way since the Paul Hart. Which, funny enough, we're still an improvement on Calvin Andrew being up front. <laughs> oh, oh poor Calvin. Um, here we have come a long way. Um, well, I mean, do. <sighs> I do think against the physical colours change their way, but we, we said before we don't go four four two. We don't. You well, know. no, absolutely, you don't go four four two against a, a, a purist team like that. I just think it'd be a bit of a silly thing to do. Uh, maybe you know, maybe you do persist in such a physical game as you know it's going to be. Maybe you do persist with one of Sacco or Balassi up front. I know we say we don't like it, but they mm. will mm. offer more of a physical mm. threat through the middle yeah. than yeah. a Bamford or a Gale will. So mm. it, it, it's, it's an option which I think will probably be considered. Mm. 
and then Sacco's uh, and then thrown out. Sacco actually, <laughs> Sacco's interesting. Like yeah. uh, he's very physical, very very he's strong. Actually, I'd, I'd, sorry, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten about Sacco stupidly, but yeah, m- m- maybe you go with him over over Gale. That'd be interesting. Yeah, wouldn't no, it? That, yeah. That, 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 could certainly hold the ball up. And he's got elbows, you know. And he's got and, um, he, and he, he uses them. He's got. He's an interesting one, Sacco, isn't he? We haven't really talked about him the last couple of weeks. He had that blistering start, mm. um, cannon of a left foot shot. Um, but last couple of weeks have sort of um, faded into the background a bit. Is that his that first touch? Isn't brilliant at times, is it? I mean, he's, he's probably not a championship player like I first said <laughs> when he first got here, and then ended up looking a bit silly within minutes. Um, I quite like him. You know, he's still, yeah. he's still getting used to. Mm. I think the pace at this level, particularly the sort of little amount of time that he'll get when he receives the ball. Like even now, I think he's a bit surprised by quite how quickly men are on him. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've, I think he's done quite well whenever he's played for us, and. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it'd be a half decent option actually through the middle against West Brom in the absence of Wickham. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a very interesting shout. Um, and are we going to go with Delaney at the back if if fit over Hangerland? I think Delaney's new friend I think I think Delaney's got more of a physical. I just I don't know. I think he's more of a yeah. He's more of a fighter. I think than Hangerland. Interesting. Interesting. I wouldn't say it's going to be a fighting game, but you know I don't know. It's I just, be a tough I, one. I think I'd feel more comfortable with Delaney than Hangerland as much as Hangerland was immense against uh, Watford. Mm. It's going to be a tough game, isn't it? It's yeah. going to be... Well, not- especially because, you know, if their engineering works with Hangland, you'd be fucked. <laughs> you'd just win it to match that time. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And, always, isn't the weekend? and it's yeah. an early kickoff as well, isn't it? So, so it'd be in double trouble. So why, have they, why have they chosen Palace West Brom? So it's going to be... 12.45. Gonna be a, it's going to be a... Saturday, isn't it, on BT Sport? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be one... Quarter um, one kickoff. It's not going to be a game prime for TV, I don't think. But, I don't uh, think so, no. I don't know. Maybe... I'm surprised they're showing it, but... What, you know. It'll be the one time, though, that the match is worse than Michael Owen's commentary on BT Sport. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't happen really? very often. I haven't heard Michael Owen's commentary, but apparently it's appalling. It's pretty bad. Is it really bad? Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap up the pod there. Um, chaps, thanks for joining. Enders, thanks for being back. No, thanks Welcome for inviting back. me back. Thanks for inviting me back. Um, and uh, listeners, thank you for your questions in part two. Uh, join us next week after the West Brom game. And we will see you again soon. Bye. 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 It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.